Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation. Improving the lives of California's children and youth at risk. Block Construction, a builder committed to enhancing communities in the Bay Area and Central Coast. B-L-A-C-H dot com. Block Construction. Together, building greatness. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose family foundation advances the wiser use of energy and natural resources on a planet where everything is connected. On the web at theschmidt.org. On today's California Report magazine, it's our holiday show. Camels, tamales, and an in-studio concert. The Bodega Bay folk trio Rainbow Girls perform songs from American Dream. They're roommates who hear each other writing songs through the walls. It's a treat to get to hear other musical styles just kind of like float out into the hallway. And we visit an elaborate Christmas display in El Cerrito put on by a man who was not a Christian. It inspires me when I see the people enjoying it. So I feel that maybe I'm doing some service to my community and for the people. We've got your weekly road trip for the ears to meet the people and visit the places that make the Golden State unique. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Like the wise men drawn to the star over Bethlehem, residents from all over Northern California are drawn to Sundar Shadi's Christian Christmas. 80 to 90,000 a year, he estimates, make the pilgrimage. That's an ABC News story from 1984 about a Punjabi immigrant who transformed his garden in El Cerrito near Berkeley into an elaborate Christmas display. His name was Sundar Shadi, and nearly 70 years ago, he began making his figurines, wise men, sheep, camels, and ornate little houses. Shadi died in 2002, but as reporter Spencer Silva tells us, the community is still keeping his creation alive. That area, we have the big, big camels, and you can see they're life-size. Yeah, this is an amazing thing he did. Jane Barkey is a former mayor of El Cerrito. Ever since Shadi's death, Barkey has taken up his mantle. She played a big role in moving the display from his home to a nearby hillside. Throughout the year, she makes sure the scores of aging figurines are refurbished. Then in December, she commands a small army of volunteers that lug the hundreds of statues in many houses from storage up to the hill. The houses were originally milk cartons. Back in the old days, you had the milkman delivered, and when his boxes fell apart, he would drop them off to Shundar, and he would turn them upside down and make them into houses. That form a tiny Bethlehem. Below, wise men sit atop those big, big camels, 
Next to them, a flock of 50 or 60 sheep, including a black one. A recent addition is the silhouette of a man in overalls holding what appears to be a rake. It's Sundar Shadi, the man who started it all almost 70 years ago. We refer to it as a Bethlehem scene. Okay. It is not a nativity. There is no nativity. He was not a Christian. He was Sikh. Shadi emigrated from what's now Pakistan to the U.S. in 1921, in part because of religious persecution. A decade later, he earned a master's degree from UC Berkeley in horticulture, but he couldn't find work in academia. Some say that was because of the color of his skin, so he took a job at a gas station. Eventually, he saved up enough money to buy that gas station and many others, and he got rich. He retired at 49, but he never lost his passion for horticulture. He turned the empty lot next to his house into an elaborate garden. During the winter, he'd get antsy. So legend has it Shadi's wife, Dorothy, encouraged him to take up a new hobby, sculpting or something like it. Debated about putting a Santa Claus up or a star, and they decided to put a star up on the hillside. Within a few years, that star was just the centerpiece of his massive tableau. He used things like chicken wire, sticks, stucco. In that same news story from 1984, Shadi said it was all about bringing neighbors together. It I guess, inspires me when I see the people enjoying it. So I feel that maybe I'm doing, maybe doing some service to my community. At night is when Shadi's display really comes to life. Classic holiday music pumps from underneath the figurines. Spotlights illuminate the faces of the wise men, the sheep, and an angel. The milk carton temples and coffee tin minarets glow under a sky of blue lights. Parents and children drop by to huddle close and take it all in. That guy used to be over there. Huh. I feel like the angel ends up being in the same place, though. Yeah, the angel's always right there. Volunteer docent Mae Ritz, who's also a former mayor of El Cerrito, passes out candy canes and tells the story of the man and his creation. All of us work hard to make sure that this looks good. It just makes you feel good to see it happen. And you feel so proud of El Cerrito and and what we're doing, so. (laughs) Sundar Shadi gave this gift to his community many years ago. And it's that community that's making sure his gift lives on. For The California Report, I'm Spencer Silva in El Cerrito. pots are steaming on top of a stove, and it smells like chilies, onions, and garlic. This is the bustling kitchen of the St. Francis Center in downtown Los Angeles, near Skid Row. This place has been supporting homeless and low-income folks for decades. But as KQED's Tina Rubio tells us, now the people who receive those services are giving back by making tamales for the holidays. Lucila Velasquez grabs a softened corn husk 
and spreads masa, or corn dough, onto the smooth side of it. She and a handful of other women and men stuff the masa with cheese, shredded pork, and chili verde, which fill big steel bowls. For the past 45 years, the St. Francis Center has been providing hot meals to people living on or near L.A.'s Skid Row. 100,000 meals every year to homeless people, whose only meal often comes from this place. But it also has a food pantry to help people living in extreme poverty, on the edge of homelessness, people like Lucila Velasquez. Lucila has been coming here for about 20 years. Her kids come here for after-school programs and summer camps. And even though she spends most of her days working at a clothing factory, she says it's important for her to give back to a place that's given her so much. A few years ago, some of the women who rely on the food bank came up with a fundraising idea to help the center. At the mal-making contest, they called Top Tamale. Every year, the winners make the malis, cheese, pork, sweet, and chicken that are then sold to people in the community. Yes, ganamos. This year, Lucila's cheese recipe won the competition, which is why she's here, cranking out what will soon be 4,500 tamales. Ahorita estamos este, preparando los tamales. Nos tocaron tamales de queso. It's a traditional Mexican recipe she's since passed down to her five kids. She says she's proud. Even her son Eric knows how to make tamales. I am wrapping the tamales in this sheet so the cheese can escape. But I wouldn't want to make them alone. Uh, if I have my sisters and my mom with me, yeah. That's because tamales are hard work. They take many hands, hands to mix the masa, hands to shred the pork, hands to chop the chiles. My hand is on fire because I, I was cutting chili last night and I didn't put gloves on, so I have to dunk them in water like every five minutes. To get to 4,500 tamales, it takes weeks. So every Sunday for the past two months, Lucila and her kids come to cook. The center's development manager, Marianne Kulikov, says all the proceeds from the sale of tamales will benefit the food pantry, adding that this couldn't happen without the help from people like Lucila. Lucila has been a guest of our services for several years now, and um, she would just come in, and there's always those guests who want to give back. And they're, that's what I think makes San Francisco Center so unique and so wonderful. As the last of the tamales are packed in plastic boxes, Folks from all over L.A. County will drop by this weekend to pick up their tamales in time for Christmas, sharing in a tradition that's been carried across borders and passed down through generations. For the California Report, I'm Tina Rubio in Los Angeles. Every week, the California Report magazine takes you on a road trip for the ears. Getting directions to forks of salmon. We visit the places and meet the people who make the Golden State unique. From a homeless college student in Oakland. So I don't feel like just because I'm homeless that I have to look the part. To a cattle ranching mom in the Sierra foothills. So I fix fence, we pull calves, I do everything. We're the half-hour weekend magazine, the in-depth storytelling show from the California Report. And we're launching our own podcast. 
Subscribe to the California Report magazine on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The Sonoma coast town of Bodega Bay is probably best known for being the dark backdrop for Alfred Hitchcock's film, The Birds. But the town is also home to the folk trio, Rainbow Girls. I got a creaking in my head. I want my fellow, my darling, my lover in my bed instead. album is called American Dream, and it's a collection of songs with politics at its center. Tunes about gentrification, Standing Rock, Black Lives Matter, and more. And they join me in studio now to talk about songwriting, collaboration, and politics. And they're going to play a few songs for us here live in the studio. Welcome to the California Report magazine, you guys. Hi. So first, let's figure out who's who. Why don't you guys each introduce yourselves? I'm Erin Chapin. Hi, I'm Caitlin Gowdy. And I am Vanessa May. How did you guys start singing together? Caitlin and I, we met in the dorms at UC Santa Barbara, and then we realized that we both played music and um, we played a song together um, we were supposed to be studying, and we were like, wow, we have to do that again. And then fast forward maybe like a year or two later, and Vanessa May literally uh, (laughs) showed up on our doorstep and... Never left. And you guys spent your first years together playing as more of a rock band. Why did you want to have more of a stripped-down acoustic sound? You know, for a long time we were playing for friends and audiences all over that were hoping to have a kind of party, celebratory atmosphere. And then just, you know, the election was happening and all of those kinds of things. And it felt like an appropriate time to kind of strip those things away and look at ourselves and each other and really see what was important to us and what was important to be talking about and singing about and writing music about. I think most of our songs have some, like, even from past albums, have really, like, meanings that mean a lot to us and are often political. But when you have so many instruments in front of them, it's easier to miss what they're talking about and to just, like, you know you're at a bar just have a drink and dance and woo it's crazy but uh now you can't really ignore what we're saying one of the songs with really powerful lyrics i think is your song for standing rock that song's kind of soul is about being a part of like unwavering support for indigenous lives and black and brown folks lives that are just being completely destroyed with impunity and It's really disgraceful, and this song is for all of them who are fighting just to have love and water and life and be who they are.
So you guys not only sing and play together, you live together. How does that influence your songwriting? Are you guys like brushing your teeth and coming up with lyrics? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, it's a pretty cool thing. You know, I not only work with these women, commute with these women, I live with them. I share a wall with Caitlin. We can... Like you hear each other breathing. <laughs> I get quiet. the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Aaron gets the good wall. Yeah. And I sleep with earplugs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was quiet enough, you know, and because of that, we all experience so many of the same things. And because of that, it's so interesting to 
hear a song come out of Aaron or Caitlin that really synthesizes my own thoughts or you're sitting in your room and you hear either across the hallway or on the other side of the wall, the song being rehearsed and you hear this chorus being done over and over and over. And you're just like, I hope that's an original. I hope that's an original. I hope that's an original. <laughs> and you're Is like that an original? in your own room just like bawling your eyes out because <laughs> the lyrics are just so true. You're like, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> so on your album cover, American Dream, you guys have this American flag that's kind of like torn to ribbons. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that and tell me about why you decided to call the album American Dream. This ripped up flag is kind of a representation of where we are right now it kind of feels like it's just hanging on by a thread at this point and if you look closely all of the pieces are tied together in knots and we try to make it all seem tight and firm but it's something that's not we made that um at our house that's the back of our our shed and it's 10 feet tall and it was originally all sheets and then we dyed the red stripes with wine all the stars, they're actually Queen Anne's lace, which grows in the field of where we live. The song itself, American Dream, is about how far it is from being a reality for so many people. And the song is about land, like owning land as equaling freedom and equaling security and safety. That song is just dedicated to pretty much the disenfranchised and those who, who don't get to, to live that dream.
was American Dream performed live here in studio with Rainbow Girls. So what are you guys doing for the holidays? Being at home, which feels really good. Um, Having an opportunity to not be in our van and play songs to each other from like the passenger seat of the van. Chilling, drinking a lot of tea, Mm -hmm. um, enjoying being at the house and working on new music. Yeah, we've been kind of going nonstop for like six years now. We haven't really given ourselves a break. Um, we were going to take one last year, and then we got asked to go on this really awesome tour. So I'm excited to just, like, sit by the fire to, like, put stuff in your refrigerator and, um, you know, hang out with my cat. Aaron Chapin, Caitlin Gowdy, and Vanessa May are Rainbow Girls, and their new album is called American Dream. Thanks so much for coming in, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. And that's the California Report magazine, a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Subscribe to our podcast. Look for the California Report magazine on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Look for the bear wearing earbuds. Our director this week is Nina Thorson. Our technical producer is Rob Spate, with additional engineering from Howard Gelman, Danny Bringer, and Seal Muller. Victoria Maudion is our senior editor, and this week we say goodbye to our fabulous intern, Bianca Taylor. Our team also includes Susie Racho, Don Clyde, David Marks, Ingrid Becker, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Sasha Coca. Happy holidays, everybody. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose family foundation advances the wiser use of energy and natural resources on a planet where everything is connected, on the web at theschmidt.org. The James Irvine Foundation, expanding economic and political opportunity for Californians who are working but struggling with poverty. More at irvine.org. And Barracuda Networks, cloud generation firewalls engineered for today's modern, globally dispersed networks. Learn more at barracuda.com slash firewalls. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.